and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I'm senior editor of Overland Journal and Expedition Portal, Ashley Giordano. And today I'm doing a podcast in the field in the beautiful Cascade Mountains of Washington. And I'm joined by Courtney and Andrew of Savo Touring. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting. We're just so excited. Yay. Yeah, you guys have been long term listeners of the podcast. So it's kind of since day one. (laughs) And you listen to, did you say all of them? All of them. That's impressive. And now our son's oddly listening through all of them again. (laughs) He's four and a half. That's awesome. And special thanks to Equipped for supporting today's podcast. More than 15 years ago, Equipped Expedition Outfitters became the first American company to import the best in breed vehicle expedition equipment from across the globe. Since their humble beginnings, they have risen to become a go-to leader within the adventure travel industry, continuing to deliver a diverse portfolio of reliable, long-lasting products backed by unparalleled customer service. From shelter solutions, from Easy On to portable fridges from National Luna to aluminum storage boxes from Alubox, their ever-growing selection of best-in-class gear increases your capability, comfort, and confidence during any adventure. Visit EquippedOne.com to gear up. He listens to it before bed every night. What's your son's name? John. John. John listens to it every night, and he likes to say that it's a very... That Scott has a very relaxing voice. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so we're actually sitting in your van, so do you want to tell me and us? So the van we bought new in 2016. And we were originally going to start out with a business that did kind of like a mail order. Almost like it's, it's, it's an adventure wagon kit that's in it now. And it's basically the same idea. We were going to set it up so you could ship a pallet somewhere, build a van. But um, that kind of didn't work out. So we decided to keep it because we liked it. And then... Two years ago, or a year and a half ago, we built it out to where it is now. We were planning to go to Europe and kind of cruise around Eastern Europe, but we've China kind of changed course. So this is going to sit and wait for us while we're down in South America for a little bit. We'll come back, get in, and hopefully ship it over to probably Germany. It was a um, adventure wagon kit okay. when he did the build, nice. and he did it in about you said like about a week. Yeah, so that was great. Nice, um, nice and quick. I did not help at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was a really good. We we have to kind of figure out because I would have John, and John would want to help. And then, like, I'd have to help. If John wanted to come in, then I'd have to be, he'd be, Andrew'd be like, oh, like, can you come get him? And so we did have to do a lot of, like, mixing. But for the most, Andrew did just about all of it. So. Nice. And what's the make and model? It's a 2016 Mercedes Sprinter 4x4. And it's the 170-inch wheelbase. So it's the long-ish. Not the longest, but the long, longer one. Nice. Yeah, it feels really spacious in here. Oh, I know. It's, so huge. <laughs> it's very big. It's really, really nice when it's parked. It has a few little quirks when it's not parked. But overall, we really like it. Nice. What were the pros and cons of this build or this setup that you've experienced? Um, Probably, like, one of the big comfort issues that we've kind of encountered, mostly before we had the insulation and the linings package put in, is that we get really hot. It was kind of like a kind of like a toaster oven in here. Mm. So that was a big one. It's not quite, I mean, everybody sees like the Mercedes star on the front and they think it's quiet and luxurious. It's it's a FedEx van at the end of the day. So it drives like a FedEx van. It's kind of loud, but we like it. It's a little quirky, but we enjoy it. We try and keep it out of, like, we don't like using it in the summer for the reasons he said. Like, it gets really hot and then it retains its heat for a long period of time. So then like, even though we don't have air conditioning in it because we didn't feel like we needed it, we have two fans up top and on the front and on the back. And I feel like when you run the fan, it like helps it for sure, but it's it's definitely like we took it to Colorado recently and it was probably like 85 degrees or 80 degrees and it was very hot in here and I would say by like two or three in the morning it finally felt how we wanted it and then our son like sleeps on a little mat in front of our seats and he wants to sleep in like a sleeping bag like a 25 degree sleeping bag
bag and it's like 85 degrees in the morning. <laughs> and he has to, he likes to get all in and cozy and all. And then I have to like wait for him to fall asleep and he's just like dripping sweat. I have to like open up the sleeping bag and like pull him out, like, him pull out. Him out and like he just gets so sweaty and he, but he loves it. He wants to like get cozy yeah. and get like. He likes the, of all the vehicles we've traveled in, I think the van's his favorite because he can play on the floor with, you know, I guess Hot Wheels and Lego and stuff like that. So he gets down there and he's like, I miss the van. Yeah. Well, actually, we, after we had not been in it for a while, I goes, oh, it's so good to be home. Which was really funny because we had been in our Jeep for so long. Right. And he, you know, after being in the rooftop tent, not having like the indoor space, he really enjoys, like, he'll, he mostly plays on our fridge or on our alley boxes with his cars and his Lego and things like that. But he, he likes it the best for sure. Sweet. So yeah. nice. Well, I know that you guys had vehicles before this one. And so let's go back in time in our time machine and go back in time and go to the beginning because everybody has their own story or their own TSN turning point, you know, that yeah. happened that led them to a life on the road. <clears throat> Take me back to the yeah. origin. The origin story. <laughs> um, Your origin story. So like the original origin thing was probably back in the mid 90s. I saw the Turtle 4, I believe it was, in a magazine. I was like, oh, there's people that drive around the world in 4x4s. I was like, sign me up. But then as I became an adult, I was like, oh, it's going to have to wait till, you know, when I'm retired and I rebuilt a life and started. Retired. Yeah, like go get jobs, <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. Back in 2000, what would it have been? 15. 2015, I had like a health scare. So mm. we had lost twins and I was in the hospital for like a month and a half, like almost lost my life. It was this really big, scary moment. We had just gotten married. Like we had only been married six months, six I months, I want to say. It was a big test one to a relationship, test to like kind of realizing that once I was finally better, it probably took me a solid year to like get back on my feet. And like after like the grieving was done and like all of that. Um, so then after about a year, he took me to Overland Expo West in six, 16. 16 or 17. I was finally like kind of back, like being active again, like and it happy took and, and happy mm-hmm. and just trying to get myself. So Andrew was like, well, I'm going to take you to Expo West. I'm going to get you out there with people again. And I walked into an earth roamer. I said, Oh, I can live in this. <laughs> yeah, good luck. And so then we kind of had said, well, talking about that, like what could we live in that we could, that would not be an earth roamer, but that we could afford. And so we started looking at a lot of different options. We both had decided we didn't want to be in a van. Actually, we wanted to be in something that was outside so that we wouldn't be forced to stay inside. We wanted some sort of an outdoor trailer of some kind that would be forced to cook outside and still not feel like you were in a van all the time. And we weren't a hundred percent sure that we were going to travel long-term with like, we originally were like, okay, let's try this for six months, see if we like it. And if we do, then we'll revisit. So the first vehicles that we kind of set out on the road with were kind of more a backstop to if we didn't want to travel, we could still camp. So we had a pickup and then we had a little off-road trailer that we towed behind it. Mm-hmm. And we figured that if, you know, if we didn't like it, we'd go buy a house, start our life back over and still enjoy camping in the outdoors and everything on the weekend. Like on the weekend. So. so we were in a Patriot trailer mm-hmm. for six months and it was great and we loved it. It had its own, like a lot of positives and negatives to it. It had like the setup mm-hmm. was easy but it was kind of a lot of work at the same time like and we would move every day like we didn't tend to stay in one spot for two or three days which is I think kind of what the Patriot I felt like was for it was like a weekend trip you kind of set it up you leave it mm-hmm. so we were like putting it out away every, every single day. day for six months and like actually we met Justin we met him at Expo West I think after we'd had the Patriot <laughs> he was like you live in it nobody lives in these <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some people doing it now um, so- we loved it but. so he came and like saw us and then talked to us about it a little bit and it was yeah. it was actually really funny so we did that for six months and then when we realized how much we 
loved it. You were like, well, why would we stop? Yeah. Well, but, we thought about so. we were going to have another kid at the time. So we had John when we left 2019. He had been about he was one and a half. One and a half when we left. We left yeah. And then we were going to have another one right at about that like six to eight months time that we'd set for ourselves originally. And then that didn't pan out. Uh, so we were just like, we still like living on the road. Let's like revisit this. And Courtney's like, I need something that's really warm. A lot of shelter, a lot of space. <laughs> I need hard sides. I need a decent heater. I need like a space where we can cook and have like if the weather is bad because I think that was what we found at the Patriot is the weather was really crappy. We'd like make sandwiches really quick or we would like just do like a quick meal. But I wanted to know that if there was bad weather, we could still cook in it. So we got a 2019 Ford F-350, took the bed off, put a Norwood tray on it. And then on top of that, we had a Hawk, um, Four Oil Campers Hawk flatbed on it. And then we cruised around that and for two years, I think we made two or three trips back and forth across the country, took it to Canada. What's only international was Canada. Canada yeah. was Canada. Lots of miles. Lots oh, yeah. of miles. Really was, fast. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of miles fast. Because we, I don't know, we have like a bad habit. So we've been traveling for what, three and a half years now. And we still can't break that, you know, like that weekend warrior kind of mindset of being like, all right, let's go to this place. Let's go to this place. All right, let's pack up, go home. So we still only stay, I mean, five days in a spot is really long for us. Mm-hmm. Well, we did 10 days in Mexico. That was in like, unheard, yeah, in Oaxaca. Yeah. And it was like unheard of. But normally we're one to three days. Like if we find a spot we really, really like, and we've gotten better about it. Because like when we went to Colorado recently, we stayed in a spot for two days because like this, mm-hmm. it was like on a cliff and it was so beautiful. And we're like, so we've gotten better, but it is still the same where we're like, let's get up and let's go and let's drive for a couple hours. And then we'll like, we'll stop a lot because obviously he's traveling with a three and a half year old. I have to pee or I'm hungry or I'm bored or we stop. We try and keep our drive driving about like three hours at the most, depending on if we have to be somewhere at a certain time or if we're like really trying to like, like the last couple weeks, we, I feel like we've driven like long, long hours to get places. And so we try to avoid that at all costs. And then we try and find camp like maybe around between three and five. So that at, at, the, latest. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the latest, we don't like to drive in the dark if we don't have to. That way John can still have some daylight to play. And then like once you come into winter, sometimes that's not an option because mm-hmm. it gets dark so early. So in that point, we try and maybe stop around two or three. And so that he still has time to build Lego for a little bit, like kind of just decompress from the drive and then make dinner and then maybe he watches he'll maybe watch a show before bed or just something to decompress him because it's kind of like regular house life yeah like once we're parked it turns into like but it's moving yeah it's not like a, like a lot of people i think and i've heard it on the podcast before is it friends family people like that like think this is like a big vacation of every day just being awesome places but we sleep in cracker barrels and like bass pro shops all the time and we have all the same or a lot of the same problems if not more than we did in a house yeah um, you still have to do your laundry stuff to mm-hmm. go grocery shopping but then added on to that is where we're gonna sleep yeah yeah what we mm-hmm. do and it used you know. to be when we first started i would always be so anxious about planning and being like where are we staying tonight like where are we going i gotta look it up i gotta see where it is and andrew and i and i don't do it really as much anymore but it took me i would say like a solid yeah. year to year and a half she's getting awesome though like courtney didn't grow up this so i grew up camping like all over montana like that's all we did we didn't have a ton of money so we couldn't fly anywhere um so when i met courtney she was uh lied yeah, so she, <laughs> she, she, she goes i was like what do you like to do and she goes uh camping and i was like oh question mark yeah, and I, was, I was like where do you camp and she goes uh the gorge and i was like the, you mean like dave matthews concert venue in eastern washington and she's like yeah in so. my subaru <laughs> so. But, so so when we first so when we first met i had kind of just lied a little and just said oh i love to camp and then when he heard like where i like to camp he was like mm, it's not camping it's not really camping but it was strategic on your part it was because yeah. i wanted to become outdoorsy i wanted to learn to like to be outside and like to camp because my family 
family didn't do it growing up. And so, so then he took me on my for, our, for one of our first backpacking trips through the Olympic. Right? Yeah, it was up mountains. in the Olympic Peninsula. We mm-hmm. come, I think it'd be like a ten mile hike into the forest and camp, and then I think we stayed two days and then came back out. What was and, your reaction when? <laughs> oh, when she's like a liar. Yeah, <laughs> I liked her a lot. So obviously, I mean, it worked out. But <laughs> and then what just, about when you guys did your first camping trip together? What was your reaction to uh, that? Was that the we hike went, or was yeah, that when we the? Hiked up he's like, do you want to go backpacking? And I was like, not really. <laughs> Can't we just camp in a car? <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, because right before I met, like I still camped out of vehicles and stuff. Like I always have, but I was on a big like backpacking, like light mountaineering kit. Yeah. So I was like, come on, let's like go climb some stuff. And she's like, uh oh. And it was like far, and I was like, my feet hurt. I was just, it was just a terrible experience. I hated it. But then when we got there, it was amazing. It was so pretty. It was this the really great spot. And then when we came back down, I just was like, I like to hike. I really enjoy it, but I, I don't. I don't think that backpacking is for me personally. I don't think it's something that I'm interested in. And so yeah. I'm glad I tried it. We'll never do it yeah. again. And it was only 10 miles. It like, wasn't even that far in yeah. the grand scheme of things. But I don't think I didn't think it was 10 miles. I thought yeah. it was only like five miles. Yeah, but like fast forward, what, maybe three years when we were getting married, our honeymoon was actually us driving our Land Cruiser at the time with a roof tent from Arizona back to Seattle. We got married down in Arizona. So she took to water. She took to it pretty quick. What kind of Land Cruiser did <laughs> it you It was have? a 2002 100 series with a, I think it had a CVT rooftop tent on it. It did. had a CVT rooftop tent. And we still have it, actually. Yeah, and so... We'll never get rid of that thing. No, I've been <laughs> trying to do... I was trying to get him to exchange it for like a troopie or he's not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> a troopie. <laughs> We'd all take a troopie. But yeah. I'm curious why you guys chose overlanding. Like you kind of alluded to it a little bit. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know yeah. it was a thing. Like vehicle-based travel. Like yeah. why I, did you pick that avenue or that Route. I guess I'm probably responsible for that because I had that stuck in my head from I think I must have been like a sophomore sophomore in high school. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this someday. And I actually, when I was in high school, I got an 86 Jeep Cherokee to salvage. And anytime that I wasn't working or doing whatever on the weekends, I would just go drive around the forest and camp and all that stuff. So it's kind of, it kind of started early, like playing around with the idea. But I think I was the one that kind of we just brought wanted, it to her attention. I think we just wanted to travel. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care how we did it. I just, um, I think when we first started, when we first started in the Patriot, it was just simple fun like state parks yeah. and because he eased me in like okay if we're gonna be living in this I was really scared about being in the wild like mm. out like camping them like what was that did you hear that like it really freaked me out so he eased me in like make sure we are in state parks make sure I like to be near people like and then as we kind of ventured out of the Patriot and went into the four-wheel camper I think I felt more comfortable and then I liked being out on like mm-hmm. BLM land and like out middle because then you start realizing I don't know like being near people I don't trust people. What if they're like, I don't know if they're messing with our stuff. I don't, I don't like being a big state park. I just don't know. I'd rather be out in the middle of nowhere where nobody is around now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so interesting. This weekend we were at the Northwest Overland Rally in Plaine and I heard more than one person say, you know, my wife, I would love her to come along with me, but she isn't comfortable camping or she would like uh, more comfort when I'm camping or whatever. Um, so was easing her in the way that that worked out and she you know the more experience you got Courtney the more comfortable you felt or I don't know yeah. is there like advice or anything probably that you could I, give? Didn't, I didn't realize it at the time because I was easing her in you know just to kind of try to be 
kind and sympathetic and get her out there. But, <laughs> now, but now that we see um, other couples going out, one of the flaws that I really screwed up probably a few times in my life was that I wouldn't necessarily make the trip for her. I would be bringing her along on my trip. Like we're really intentional now, even with John, is that everybody has to be enjoying themselves. So like we take John to museums and we take him to things like even if it was a weekend trip, we'd want to take him to something that he wants to do or he loves being around kids. So we would we would want to take him somewhere that would give him a piece of the because his it's his trip, it's her trip, it's my trip. So we mm-hmm. all have to be happy and kind of all compromise and make sure that we're doing it. So a lot of stopping. What were some things that you that made it your trip as well, Courtney? Uh food based mostly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. look at this little cafe. Like this looks really nice. And so I love to find places that have good food. And so I'm, when he's driving, I'm like always on my phone and I'm like on Yelp or I'm on like any sort of like, oh, this place could be good. This has like 10,000 reviews. Like Courtney cities. grew up like in around Seattle. So that was like a big one too. I mean, I like cities too. But so going to cities and kind of exploring like new towns and exploring new mm-hmm. cultures and new people is huge on my list. Like I love interacting with people mm-hmm. and I love like getting to know like places that they like and like really like kind of get it. So like when we were in Mexico, we like we did Baja and interior Mexico. And when we got into like mainland Mexico, I don't know what we call mm-hmm. We've been calling it interior Mexico now, but like <clears throat> got, going into like Oaxaca, we stayed at this little town called Santa Maria del Tule, which is this beautiful, cute, adorable town. And we were there for 10 days, the longest we probably stayed in any spot. So I really had gotten to know like the people that lived in the town. And I got to know where the fruit and vegetable stands were and where the cheese stands were. And I got to figure out like, because we cooked a lot. And so I think that because I love to cook so much, I'm constantly looking for great little vegetable stands. And what can I make here? Because when we were in our Jeep, we just had like a backpacking stove. Like we didn't have anything big. And so we got really creative on the kind of things we'd make. Like we'd make like caprese salads or maybe we would make like wraps or things like that. And so I think that that's probably a big part of yeah. my travel. Yeah. John's not here so I can kind of speak to him. <laughs> he loves kids. Like he'll chase kids down. He's like, oh, there's some friends over there. Like I gotta go find me. I'm gonna go find these kids. And or so- it'll be dead quiet and he'll hear a kid laugh. He'll be like, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He makes, he makes tons of friends and that's like the other one of the kind of like switching topics a lot here but uh, one of the big things that we really like is that we lived in central Oregon and so it was pretty homogenous in terms of culture and everything like that and so him traveling around he's got to like hang out with all these kids from different parts of the United States like all kinds of like socioeconomic conditions and all that kind of stuff and he doesn't care he just like he's like hey let's be friends and then goes off and plays so that's really cool to see because I mean I, I definitely didn't have that growing up when you guys were in Mexico what was it like seeing John interacting with the local kids or the other kids that were on the road speaking in Spanish speaking in English John got really frustrated in Mexico because he loves yeah. to talk, like loves to talk, like to the point where it's almost sometimes mentally exhausting. And he would get frustrated because they wouldn't speak English. And a so lot of times they did. It didn't take too long. He kind of like broke through that and like the international language play kind of took over. So he'd be running around with them and playing. He actually, one of the funny ones is when we were in Mexico, uh, we met this German family that was on a sabbatical or something like that. And they're playing and they had a seven-year-old. The mom spoke English and she said, uh, I, heard our, I heard our children interacting and playing and he was telling him he's trying to teach him English and he said if you want to say hi or no if you want to say hello say hi <laughs> and if you want to say goodbye you wave your hand like this. <laughs> like, he had a blast it, it's I mean, it's just so good for him and he, I think he picked up a lot like we were approached by some people and they kind of said like I think he understands some Spanish like do you guys speak Spanish we're like eh, not kind of not I really know, but yeah. like in four months I think he picked up quite a bit my brother got married in, Me- in San Jose del Cabo and so the hotel that we had been staying at at the time because we had to find a babysitter during like two of the events and I asked her do you speak Spanish? And she said, yes. I go, do you speak, like, is your English? Because John obviously doesn't speak Spanish. So she, he needs to be able to speak to you in English. And 
I go, if you could, if you don't mind, could you just, just speak to him in Spanish? And I'm just curious to see what he knows. And she was with him for like four or five hours probably. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I asked her, I go, oh, so how did he do? She goes, you know, I spoke Spanish the whole time. And I, I think he understood about maybe like 60 to 70 of what I was saying. I would say like, go get your, where are your pajamas? Or where's your toothbrush? Or yeah. where do you sleep? And he just would show me. Yeah. And yeah. I, so I think it's... We also like immersed him for, forcefully kind of in the car. <laughs> um, we, we always said we weren't going to be the parents that did screen time and stuff, but that kind of fades away pretty quickly <laughs> when you have a kid. We made the deal with him that he could, I think, watch like 30 minutes a day of just TV on his iPad. Anything else had to be in Spanish. And then we'd do like maybe a half an hour to an hour of that. So I think he might have picked some stuff up over, over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends because we when we would have like really long, long drives, like we I think the longest we did was 10 hours. Mm-hmm. We'd kind of extend that a little bit. Be like, oh, I'm going to be on the iPad for like an hour or two. You can do like, because he has all his books are on there. He has his homeschool stuff is on there. And then he has like shows he can watch. So sometimes it'd be like, you can watch it for an hour. And then after that, you have to watch it in Spanish. He doesn't get super frustrated with it, but I think he kind of gets exhausted from it a little bit where yeah. he's like, I don't really want to listen to this in Spanish anymore. Mm-hmm. But I asked him, I go, do you understand? Oh, because he'd said, dad, doesn't vamos mean go? Yeah, vamos, let's go. Yeah, because I think a lot of the shows you watch are like, vamos. So I think he picked up a lot more than we thought he did. Yeah. And I think and that was only four months in Mexico. So yeah. when we do South America for the two years, it's going to be like, I think it's going to be amazing. I think he's going to pick it up really quickly. So This week's episode is supported in part by iCamper. They make innovative hard shell and soft sided roof tents that are designed to survive long term overland use. Their revolutionary X cover won the Overland Journal Editor's Choice Award, eliminating the bulky PVC cover and also allowing for the fitment of crossbars for carrying bikes and kayaks. Their Skycamp Mini is another award-winning design that provides a hard shell tent in the footprint of a much smaller clamshell model. This is the perfect solution for smaller vehicles or on vehicles where rack space is dedicated to other systems. iCamper believes that the best times are those spent traveling, discovering the world with those you love most. You can find out more about their quality tents at iCamper.com. I imagine for a lot of parents, the idea of hitting the road and traveling full-time in a vehicle with a youngster might be overwhelming. I, I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I imagine it would be just like educating and whatever, you know, all the things that it involves. Uh, if somebody's looking to do that, what's your advice? To, to just pick up and travel full-time with yeah. your family? Yeah. For us, we did it when John was young. We eased him in as well. Like mm-hmm. But we knew this bit. way he wouldn't be in school yet, so we could kind of just like do whatever with him for his and it'd be easy. Um, I was a teacher for 12 years. So I said, Oh, you know, I could homeschool him. Like I could probably figure it out. I, I was a Montessori teacher, so I can't do it the way that I was trained, but I could do it differently. I would highly recommend that for families that really want to do it, like just sit down and do like quick weekend trips to see how you enjoy mm-hmm. it first to see if anyone like maybe your kids don't even like camping. Like maybe it's not going to yeah. be enjoyable for everybody. So do it like weekend or do it like for a week. Maybe they're all spring break or something. Go do it for a week. See how the family does like what does everybody want to do it's not just about like we said earlier it's not just about me it's not just about Andrew but it's about like what does John want to see he loves museums so normally when we're driving we're like oh you know we've been driving for two hours there's a museum like we're going into Denver like there's this cool museum here let's stop let's make lunch let's go take him to a museum and now let's go find a place to camp like maybe if we're in a big city we'll do like a harvest host or something and stay at like one of those wineries or breweries something that's in the city Walmarts are almost always in cities so he was obsessed with Cracker Barrel <laughs> I think he always wants to see, like, 
you stay at a Cracker Barrel tonight? Like, I want what? French toast. <laughs> I would think that would be like a big, a good one. I also would say that let your kids help plan. If you have older kids, be like, where do you, what do you guys want to see? Um, do you guys want to do more like hikes? Do you guys want to do more like city, like restaurants? Like I have a friend that lives in Dallas that her daughter like loves going out to dinner. Like she's a huge foodie. She's like 12 or something. So they're helping them like taking a big map out and, and letting them help you plan it. We haven't been able to do that with John. Sometimes Andrew will say like, where do you want to go? He's like, oh, I want to go to the zoo. <laughs> and we're like, oh. Or he'll be like, I want to go to South America. And we're like, that's not yet. I think it's just like the big thing is to just make sure that everybody's needs are being met and that you're not pushing people. Like you're not pushing time. You're not pushing agendas. Like you're out there just traveling around and seeing the stuff that you guys want to see. Like not trying to live up to something that you might've seen on social media or that you, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not all, like I said earlier, it's not all, you know, like beautiful campsites and all that kind of stuff. And it's not just camping. I mean, if it was camping, we would have been done a long time ago. There's a lot of meltdowns. There's a lot of frustrations. There's a lot, there's a, but there's also a lot of excitement, a lot of happiness, mm-hmm. a lot of like, so like if we stop for two months, sometimes we'll like, uh, because we're getting ready for this big trip right now. And we've been spending a lot of time with family in the like Seattle area and family in the, the Utah, like Salt Lake area. And so it's been really nice. But now we're both like kind time of chomping go. at the bit to like get back on the road because totally. it's been, although I've, been, I have actually really been loving the showers every day. Those have been really nice. Like, <laughs> and like being able to do laundry without being like, oh, okay, where's the clothes laundromat? And although I was, I think I was telling you actually that I love doing laundry. I think it is very relaxing. I love looking for laundromats. I think it's like, I always like to find like fun, quirky laundromats that have like a cafe next to it. Or a lot of the laundromats are in like strip malls. And I seem to believe that strip mall food is the best. I think if you can find like a good Thai place in a strip mall, it's always really, really good. We always try and find laundromats and um, that have like cool stuff around it. So if you don't have to, or we'll sit like when we had our camper, we'd pop the top in the camper and John would like do some homeschool work and he, Andrew might get a little, try and get a little work done and I might like read or something mm-hmm. like that. So, so I enjoy doing laundry a lot. It's kind of weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Andrew's like, it, I don't... It, it works out really well for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, he did a trip in Onyx recently and you're like, he's like, I had to do my own laundry. <laughs> and it was weird because <laughs> I didn't go on the trip with him. And so going like, I think it's at a hotel, you know, like sometimes if you stay at those hotels they have the laundry, yeah. you have to like mm-hmm. go up the stairs, down the stairs, up the So you were talking about not believing what you see on social media in terms of like the everything's wonderful all the time. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific instance that sticks out in your head about a time that where the you know what hit the fan? So we were driving uh, through Nevada on our way to, I think, to California or something. And we we're driving through the desert. Maybe we we're like five miles out of town. And I started smelling diesel and I was like, did I get diesel like on my feet? Like what's going on? I was like, there's something wrong. And we're in our like big fancy, cool, like Instagram ready truck. I'm like, man, it stinks. And I was like, I better turn around. It's getting, cause the smells getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm just, I don't, we thought it's where the road we were on at first. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe someone point, dumped like, diesel yeah. here. And so we get back to this boat launch to where I could get out. Cause it was really not an ideal place to get out and look. So I got to this boat launch. I get out and there's just like diesel pouring down out of the truck. Huh? It has a fuel filter up on top of the engine and the tech that had done our service didn't tighten it in. So it broke these lines. We, Fortunately, the tow truck drivers were nice enough to come a little bit out onto the gravel to get us. They took us into town and they ended up parking us at a Walmart parking lot. And we're like, oh, this will be fine. Like, you guys will fix it tomorrow, right? Yeah. And so it ended Not. up being, uh, <laughs> I think we were there for five days waiting for parts. In Winnemucca, nothing against Winnemucca, but like <laughs> a Walmart parking lot's not like the ideal place to be stuck. And it was cold. And then all of a sudden, like, I think day two, it snowed. It just started pouring snow. So we were stuck in the camper, just chilling out, like, not doing anything. And um, we couldn't take John to the park and anything like that. So, like, we were just sitting there. Stuck and, like, in the camper for five every two days. hours. 
she like John's going to Walmart. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. go around. get a toy like or pick out a Hot Wheel or here's get some Legos you can build in the van and the truck and like or just get out and walk around because he can hang out in the toy section for hours <laughs> just I mean, like looking. Like, that was rough. That I was... mean, uh, people go through way worse things, but the one I was thinking of was when we were with some friends camping, coming back. We were in, coming back from somewhere on our way back to Bend. I can't remember if we were still living in Bend at the time. And no, we were, must have been in the Patriot because I was changing John's diaper or something. Oh, that he was, was little. That and was the first time we tried to leave on a little test trip. We yeah. Like doing a dry run on this. And I was changing John's diaper and I think Andrew was on the back like getting a snack while we were stopped and there was some kind of something going on like I was, I don't, there was some weird people just kind of hovering around us because we were at a park thinking like, oh, this will be safe but it was kind of like one of those, it was a park that just had a lot of maybe not so friendly looking people in the area and so Andrew was like, hey, you know, can you hurry up? Like, so we can get back in. Get back in. I'm like, I'm hurrying. I'm going as fast as I can. And I'm like doing, he's like, and then he got to the point, he's like, literally like, just get in the van. Like, just get in the car. Like, let's just go. And I'm like trying to like change John's diaper as quickly as possible. And he's moving around. And I then I had to like get him in the car seat. And Andrew was like, literally looking at me like, get in the car. Like right now. Go. And we got in the car and drove away. And and I had seen it, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it, the, I mean, we were like profiling people, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> not totally, but even sitting there like staring at our truck and like talking mm. for a while and then they kind of like were getting closer and closer and then they finally like just started walking across the street like towards kid, us like, uh, what did you call it a kitty corner towards yeah. us yeah mm-hmm. walking across the street right like straight at us and I was like why are they walking straight towards us and like we were by ourselves I think we had been with friends earlier and then we had like parted ways with them yeah. or something and it was that was I think that would have been the only moment that I was like scared mm-hmm. you know and that was before we, we were yeah. traveling full time. but I don't think anyone's ever been like I got food poisoning once John got food poisoning once yeah, really. but really in reality none of us have really like had that we don't have like a terrible story of like we were so sick like, or, or so mad at each other we're so or mad we don't really fight we don't really like we bicker John calls it fight talking <laughs> okay, stop fight talking <laughs> but like we'll bicker and be like oh well like I don't want to go here like I don't want to be I don't want to be in the car anymore normally if I'm like frustrated with Andrew it's normally like I need a shower like I have it's been four days since I've showered I'm like ready to shower or I'm hungry yes. or, and I, or I do not want to be in the car anymore like we've been in the car for five hours we had a little bit of a longer day than we expected let's just find somewhere to camp I don't yeah. care where it is and John will say that he'll be like was this drive longer than you expected no actually it's 10 hours is about what we thought you were going to do today <laughs> so how but, has it changed you were traveling as a couple before John came along how has that changed your relationship on the road um, so we didn't travel a whole lot like, we went over to Italy and drove around for a few weeks maybe three weeks in Italy we drove around uh, since we've had the road full time John's always been around he's always been okay. with us because we left uh, when he was one and a half. Yeah. So when we first decided to be on yeah. the road, he was one and a half. But I think as a family or just even as a parent, like one of the coolest things to see is that a lot of the stuff we're seeing for the first time, but it's the things that we've seen before that he's experiencing. It's really crazy to see like him trying to sort out like what's going on or like, you know, like, is that a volcano? He was just like, is that a volcano? Is there, like, is that that? Were there dinosaurs here a long time? Ago? Is there an octopus in there? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, just, it's cool to sit there and like travel around and like see stuff through his eyes and like just seeing him grow and change really fortunate to be able to you know just to be able to see him every single day like making changes uh, like I used to before I used to travel a lot by myself uh, before we moved to Oregon and if I would have stayed in that kind of mindset or career I would have never I'd have missed so much of his life so because he he started really working for himself when John was born I actually remember the day that like John was due like any day oh I quit my job oh good <laughs> I was like right. and what were you doing before and what 
did you, what um, are you doing now? At one point, I built, uh, I was in the aerospace industry for know, like seven years or Something eight years. Like that, yeah. And then before that, I worked uh, kind of in healthcare. Like, I wasn't a doctor or anything, but I helped build um, processes and help people improve programs and implement things. That, and yeah. then when we moved to Bend, you... Yeah, I worked, but I just, I worked a lot of hours. And I would fly to Texas at the at the aerospace job. I'd fly to Texas once a month, once a month for like seven to ten days. Just like clockwork over and over and over. And it was great at the time, but the, the stuff place. that... Yeah, the stuff that we get to see in John and getting to watch him, you know, change and grow every day. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's just incredible. To... And we're lucky enough because we've been traveling since he was so young that car rides, like he's just, it's what he's all normal. He's just used yeah. to it. He doesn't care. Recently though, he's been like, I'm bored. Like, are we there yet? Like kind of a recent thing. We're lucky with John too that he is actually pretty laid back and he kind of will go with the flow. The kid will sleep anywhere. He doesn't eat at any, almost anything, but like he'll sleep anywhere and he's super laid back and he will go anywhere. And I think because we've lived how we've lived, we're lucky to the point where like when he like right now, as we were speak, talking, he's with my mom and my sister and he is having a blast, like eating lots of candy and like going to them. And so he still is getting the life that some people are like, well, don't you wish that he had like a neighborhood where he could play with kids and he could ride his bike and join a soccer team. And I'm like, no, because I don't like think he'd like it. I think yeah. that he, he wants to keep traveling. He loves making like, and like he makes these they're not I don't know how to explain the bonds that he makes I'm not probably that articulate but he makes these bonds with kids you know like over the course of maybe like a week and he's, he remembers them like months later like we were getting on the boat from Mazatlan back to La Paz to Baja this winter and I was like did you have fun over there and he goes yeah he goes but I'm a little bit sad and I was like oh what are you sad about he's like my friend Bodie's still over there <laughs> like Why? he's like he goes I want to miss him yeah so but, like he he makes friendships and he's he's almost like a little kind of intense about it actually yeah, yeah. so it's it's a hard we all are I think right? on the road yeah it's like, it's like yeah. a neighborhood because right friendships really fast mm-hmm. and really hardcore and then you're like I don't know when I'll see this person yeah. again exactly so it's, it, it sounds it's familiar exactly. yeah. but it's cool like now that we've traveled a little bit more international the sense of community is a little bit bigger yeah it's like we met all these people in, in Mexico you know going, either going up the Pan American or down the Pan American or just traveling around Mexico and like you say we like build these bonds like really quick and you kind of make like these lifelong friends and that's really I don't know people kind of even us we probably thought you know like we're going to be missing all these aspects we're going to we miss our friends we miss this we miss our family but we do but um, the people that we've met on the road have just become like really fast friends and well they become a family because when you when you dip into that international international travel the pool actually becomes quite a bit smaller of the kind of people that you can be like oh oh, you've been like oh Ashley you've been to like South America like what was your favorite part like we know of almost very little people like have we know that have been to South America that we can sit and be like where should we go like let's put out a map and let's like figure out some good places I just thought the pool gets a lot smaller but you think it's bigger well no I mean the sense of community is bigger. Oh, so like, community is bigger. Yeah. In the state, like when the lower 48 or Canada, you, you know, you might meet somebody camping or whatever, and be like, oh, hey, you're camping. Oh, you're camping. Let's mm-hmm. be friends. And then you kind of go your separate ways. But yeah, I think there's true. a really deep connection. Like when you're somewhere far from home. You see a license plate from, for us, it was like the US or Canada. If we yeah. saw a Canadian or US license plate in South America, it was like, Ooh. let's run after these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Accost them <laughs> and figure out where they're from. Like, are we your best friends? You know, yeah, it right. happened so fast. This content is brought to you by Overland Journal, our premium quality print publication. The magazine was founded in 2006 with the goal of providing independent equipment and vehicle reviews, along with the most stunning adventures and photography. We care deeply about the countries and cultures we visit and share our experiences freely with our readers. We also have zero advertorial policy and do not accept any advertiser compensation for our reviews. By subscribing to Overland Journal, you're helping to support our employees 
employee-owned and veteran-owned publication. Your support also provides resources and funding for content like you are watching or listening to right now. You can subscribe directly on our website at overlandjournal.com. Yeah, what did you guys learn from your trip to Mexico? That was recent. As we got, we came back in April of mm-hmm. this year. Um, we were there for four months, about. And I would say I was really scared to go to Mexico because I did not know what to expect. It was my first, except for Canada, it was like my first dip into international travel. And, you know, you hear people that are like, oh, like, careful, it's really dangerous. And, you know, you're going to get sick. And be careful what you eat. And be careful where you go. Like, we did not. We loved Mexico so much that we felt the people were super kind. We felt very welcome. Food was phenomenal. We never got sick. Like we got sick maybe a couple yeah, stomach aches yeah. once or twice. And but we took, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we took probiotics every day and I think that really helped. Andrew actually has a really sensitive stomach so for him to take probiotics every day. Thanks and, for telling like 10,000 people that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We also travel with probiotics. <laughs> so, but I think that for someone that in the past gets stomach aches easily he didn't really yeah. have any at all in Mexico. Except for when we stayed at my brother's wedding. At and he got sick at a resort. <laughs> and he got super sick. Right. And it's like uh, one of the main things I think we learned was like how to spot like good taco stands. You know, you'd say, oh, well, there's all these taco stands here, but everybody seems to be at this taco stand. Go Let's there. go over there. Uh, there was one in San Felipe, just like a little restaurant and it wasn't even busy, but their food was actually pretty good. Yeah. And we had, and we only were like, we need Wi-Fi. We need to like download some stuff for John. I need to like, I want to download like a book. Andrew needs to work. You would find these places and like, oh, has really fast Wi-Fi. Ioverlander is a really good, yeah. good, like they would tell you if like you had RV parks and say this has fast Wi-Fi. Right. Or, like, One of the things that I really took away from Mexico, um, I've had a lot, I've been in my adult life, I've been around a lot of people from Mexico. So I know that people there are pretty family oriented, but I had no idea how much they love random kids. You know, it's like John would be walking down the street <laughs> and everybody would be like, hey, hi, hi, look at this kid. Hey, there's this kid. Look, oh, look how cute he is. And that was so cool to see everybody, you know, just. Well, he's so blonde, you know, mm. and he's so fair. He's not fair skin. He's actually quite dark. But, when he, cause, like, but every, like all the kids, like we had, cause we'd go to town with kids from the campsites that we'd stay in and just everybody like goes crazy over kids. It's kind of like if you're in band or something, the way people go after dogs <laughs> and they're like, oh, your dog's so cute. And they're like, your kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's so how much, they were. But, yeah. They just love kids so much. I thought it was so cool for him. If you really see that. Oh, little Weddy. Like every time they see him, they like touch his head all yeah, the we're time. We're really walking like... through this market in Oaxaca called, it's Market de Abastos or Mercado de Abastos. And this lady like did a double take and saw him and then she rubbed his head and she's like, you know, like, oh, said something. I think she said like, oh, hola, Juanito. Like, como esta? And then uh, as we passed by, she leaned out of her stall and she started yelling down the, down the aisle that he was coming. <laughs> and so all, all, everybody know. Yeah, yes. so all of her friends came out. They're just so happy and excited to see him. And he's just like, what's going on? Well, it was like when we saw that mom with a toddler uh, sitting just like on the sidewalk, like eating something. And John passed by and the mom pointed at John, like was talking to her daughter, was like helping her like, like speak. Yeah, and she goes, Guerrido. <laughs> like when she was like trying to and tell they, And they wave at him. They like so. waved at him. That was, that was so funny. Yeah, it was just cool, like how welcome and everybody's so welcoming. Uh, like you did your talk on Saudi last night about how welcoming everybody was to you, and it was just like that. Like, um, it's kind of sad that the states isn't so much like that. And like we've never had somebody walk up to us and be like, "Oh, hey, come try this. Like or try my try my restaurant." And mm-hmm. we had like that guy um, in Baja. We met a fisherman, mm-hmm. and we sat there, and he didn't speak English, but we speak mediocre Spanish. So we were like trying to like wade our way through a conversation, and we did all right. And we were talking to him, and then it was getting darker, and then we hear this like rustling in the bushes, and this guy came out. And I was, what is that? I was like, I was like, oh, it's that guy. It was like he's coming, and he had an armload of firewood to bring us. Yeah, and he he just like sits it down, and he starts like piling it up, and he makes us a fire. Aww. 
And he's, then he goes to leave. And I was like, hey, like, you want a beer? Like, you want to hang out for a bit? And he's like, no, no, no. I was like, oh, come on. Like, have a beer. We, we so we had to pay a, first. We had a beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we drank a beer with him. And then we kind of like connected more. And like, he was having fun and everything. And he finished his beer. And he's like, all right, well, I have to go back. I have to work. And I have to get ready for tomorrow. I'm like, all right, well, it's fun hanging out with you. Like 20 minutes or 30 minutes later, we see this flashlight coming down the beach. And I was like, oh, no, is there something wrong? Or like, what's going on? He came back and he had like a whole big giant uh, Lincoln play that he brought us. He brought us like and, fresh fish. Yeah, and we were just yeah. like, we're like, oh, can we pay you for this? He's like, I want to accept it, blah, blah. And then next, already... the next day, we like, we were leaving and everything. And he's just like, goodbye, like, have a safe trip. Like, it was just so cool. I mean, we, we, we see it here in the States, but just not on that scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the fish was like already filleted. Like, it yeah, wasn't, it was a beautiful it piece was of fish. It was just like this beautiful piece of fish that we cooked like the next night and made like fish tacos. It was so, so delicious. It was yeah, a just... very heartening experience because in a lot of situations, people might be like, oh my gosh, there's a person coming towards us. Like, let's get in our cars because who knows what he's going to do. In reality, we I didn't feel scared at all when he came by. I'm like, oh, well, he, maybe he's going to tell us we can't camp here because it was like a big fish camp. Mm-hmm. And then when we asked, we're like, oh, we can we camp here? And he said, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And then like would yeah. walk around the be- along the beach. And then as it got darker, that's when he came. Yeah, it was, so. That was really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. there's tons and tons of stories. I mean, sure. you, you guys have the same thing. Just people just out of nowhere, these mm-hmm. random acts of kindness. And it's just, I don't know, it's so cool. That was my favorite part of coming out of Mexico. The- yeah. So you had the Patriot Camper and you've had the four-wheel camper and a flatbed and the Land Cruiser and a Jeep and <laughs> this van. Jeez. Um, which vehicle did you take down to <laughs> which vehicle did you take down to Mexico? Um so it was the 2020 Jeep Gladiator that we found on the lot that was a really good deal. Okay, okay. We were nice. gonna try it out and we ended up um, so we had the rooftop tent that we took off of the forerunner and we we're like, we don't want to put it, you know, like invest a ton more money into this thing if we're not gonna like it and want to sell it. So we put the rooftop tent on with a canopy and we drove that down to Mexico. Um, so we, we lived out of the rooftop tent, but Mexico is perfect for it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so warm and nice, and it was nice to have that because we could go get an Airbnb, you know, every what two? No, we didn't even do that. Oh, we did really like three Airbnbs. A, we got an Airbnb in Guadalajara, La Paz, and then we got a hotel right. in San Luis Potosí. In San Luis Potosí, and then we our friend lived has uh, lived almost caliente, so we stayed with her. But yeah, it was really. We ended up really, really liking it. We were kind of like on the fence. We we're like, oh, you know, like, it's pretty small. Like we don't know if we're gonna like it. Well, Andrew had said because I we originally going to take the van but we didn't really know what we like how much off-roading we were going to do like this off-road's fine but the jeep obviously will off-road better and he had said oh well once we get into baja if you don't like because i was against the, the jeep, the jeep. Mm-hmm. because i was kind of like well it's like not a lot of space and what about like bad weather because i thought it was gonna be like more like crappy weather in mexico for some reason and so andrew's like well let's do the northern part of baja first if you don't like it i can we can come back into san diego i can like drop you guys in san diego go and I'll go back and get the van at the time which was in Boise and then we'll we'll swap them out and then as we kept staying in the Jeep and the, the um, we have the what's on the Jeep right now is an easy on rooftop tent and we like stealth and we loved it it was big it was spacious and we got down I think the coldest it got might have been like in the 30s the coldest we've been in that specific tent is 18 degrees in Texas but like we were super warm and yeah, it was fine. not an issue at all and it was big and I thought for sure that we weren't going to fit in there very well because John's a bigger since a last time we had done it mm-hmm. and he f- I think by the end of that trip he we were getting a little, a little, tight, sk- a little the, tight in there so we ended up liking it enough that we decided well a, we decided to switch our time in Europe with our time in South America like this thing will be we think it'll be pretty perfect for South America so came back got rid of the rooftop tent and the canopy then now we just had an Alu cab canopy camper put on there so we have a little bit more stand-up room a little bit more room to play around but still be small enough to go get an Airbnb and hopefully park it in a garage or fit under something mm-hmm. but we do opposite what most people do. Most people like start tiny, get go bigger, a little bigger, bigger, go a little bit bigger.
bigger. We're like, start small, go big, go small again, maybe go big again, and maybe go medium size. Like, John was trying to get us to do a four-wheeler, a motorcycle, in a side-by-side. To, li- <laughs> to live in. To live like, in. Like, let's go take a four-by-four. He's like, mom will ride the side-by-side, I'll ride the four-wheeler, and you can ride the motorcycle. I was like, that's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Where but, are we sleeping? <laughs> so we landed on the Gladiator now, so that's what we're going to do just, a little bit of work on. And then probably by the time anybody hears this, we'll hopefully be in South Well, America. yeah, we'll, we should probably be in Uruguay by the time this podcast probably launches. We'll be Very exciting. shipping, yeah. like, what, end of July-ish? Well, and then, but flying into Uruguay probably sometime in the fall. What um, plans do you have for the Jeep in terms uh, of any modifications or accessories or It already has some up. accessories. We have a lot of AEV stuff on it. We really like uh, Dave and Cruz stuff. Mm-hmm. Good combo. Yeah, they have a lot of confidence in it. It goes on the Jeep really well. So we have the bumper, a winch, uh, small, small, tiny lift. And then we have the Alucab canopy camper on the back. And then I am going to build out the inside, do all the electronical stuff and any kind of systems. Get that put together and hopefully it'll hold up for the trip without too many issues or anything. Our plan is doing, I think we decided on a diesel heater. Yeah, so I have a diesel heater. Gas or diesel heater. Yeah, and I, that's all I care about. Really the heater. Took a seat out that he'll probably build like a platform, a platform or storage or anything. So our fridge will go in the back seat next to John, which will actually be kind of nice because if we're driving, I can like reach back and yeah. be like, hey, John, are you hungry? Which he's like always hungry, I feel like. <laughs> so for the fact that he doesn't eat anything, he's always hungry. That's why he doesn't eat anything. What made you decide to ship to Uruguay instead of driving uh, down the Pan American Highway? So for some reason, I got like tunnel vision and fixated on Colombia for a long time. So everything I was doing was built around Colombia. And was, then I started going on websites and putting like weather, you know, when the rainy season is, when it's cold, when it's hot, like on all this stuff. And I was like, man, it's going to be really hard to get the Jeep done by the time that, uh, you know, like the rainy season comes in Bolivia and I've heard bad things. And so I have to get like, I have to get the Jeep done here, here, here. And so I was talking to our friend Ernesto and he's like, well, why don't you just go to Uruguay? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. That's <laughs> a great question. Like, it's a good idea. So, um, so that really helped. And then that alleviates any kind of the time crunch and everything. Cause we'll yes. get down there right in the nice, nice weather, nice time of year. And then we can cruise around and enjoy the Southern half and see all, I mean, everybody keeps telling us like how big it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like anywhere, right? Like before we went to Mexico, we were aware that there's a bunch of states and that it was this size, but you kind of think of it as a monolith. Like you think like, oh, we're going to Mexico. And then as you go there, you see like different states, you know, like Sinaloa, like August Calientes, like San Luis Potosí and all that stuff. And then when you're there, you start realizing the scale and what's where and what it's like. So when we get there, I think we might pop up into Brazil, mm-hmm. like just quick trip or something. Quick trip to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's been telling us how great Brazil is. So we might go up there for a bit, turn around, come down through Uruguay and then down through Chile and Argentina, turn around, come back up through Central America, through Mexico. And then Courtney was surprised that I said this the other day without talking to her, but we might drive all the way to Alaska. I was like, what? The whole, <laughs> do the whole, like somebody was asking us about it. And I was like, oh yeah, we're going to go to Alaska. And Courtney's like, what? <laughs> when did this happen? I thought we were just too much. One, one trip at a time is more my, well, I should be talking. I'm like, what are we going to put on our four now that the four wheel camper is gone? <laughs> so. Yeah. I look, like most looking forward to about this South America trip that you have planned? I think the unknown. Like we have no idea. Like mm-hmm. what? We're not big planners. We just kind of go with the flow. Well, we, we've planned in the past and then things change and it always tends, tends to work out. So I'm just kind of like, I'll have like a really rough plan. But as you go, people will be like, oh, you know, like you need to go check out XYZ or you need to go try this food. So then we'll make side trips. So hopefully, and it's a pretty well-traveled route. So mm-hmm. I think we'll get a lot of pointers from our friends here who have been and then mm-hmm. a lot of pointers as we're moving through the continent. I'm not really excited to like learn the language and really get immersed in the culture. I really want to be a good Spanish-speaking person. <laughs> like, I really want to understand it. I really want to speak it. Like, and I think I'm the most excited about that. And yeah. the more we interact, 
interacted with people in Mexico, the more our Spanish got better. So I feel like just after four months of being in Mexico, mm-hmm. our Spanish got so good. So I can only imagine what two years we'll have. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, I 18 to 24 months is about the time we'll be in that area if we decide to go up through Central America and into Mexico. But it just depends on, because like, you know, things can always change. Yes. You never know, like, if we'll have to like go home early. I just, that's why we don't really plan. We're just going to kind of go with the flow mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to the just meeting the cool stories that you can look back on meeting people like whether they're locals or whether they're fellow travelers mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to all those cool stories that we'll have someday i hope you know like we're like oh do you remember that time that we met that guy and he did xyz yeah like, yeah so oh. i'm looking forward to that like, the most nice yeah i'm looking forward to also following your trip it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> what is your favorite book i knew this I one was coming this I question <laughs> Um, so I was actually talking to someone the other night and this is more like a professional book but one of my favorite books is by this guy named Taichi Ono it's about the Toyota production system so it's <laughs> not like amazing. it's not like a huge turn pager for a lot of people but uh, <laughs> in all honesty it's probably one of the things that shifted my mindset the most in my entire life what? why? Yeah. I, so I worked it's in amazing. that kind of in that industry and in that space of you know like continuous improvement and before that and then meeting a mentor and then uh, my sensei from a company called Shingajitsu it's Toyota's in-house continuous improvement uh, program before that, I was like more into like the Lean Six Sigma, kind of like the more complicated. It was like more of the, it was a little bit more complex mm-hmm. than Kaizen. And so was, like my mentor is like, read this book. This will like help you figure out like what, what we're trying to do here. And I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, Sim- it's not simple, but it's like, it makes sense. Like these things actually like make sense to me. Interesting. That book was great. I need to think of a good one. I, like, I don't have like cool overlandy books. Like some it people. Could be any book. Like any, any book people on this podcast. Like, oh, I did a book about like Africa and this person that traveled to a top of a mountain. I am a fiction. I'm a very, I am a fiction reader. I really, really enjoy it. I actually just started, I like Leanne Moriarty who did like Nine Perfect Strangers and she did, uh, I think a lot of people know her from, uh, it was not Husband's Secret, but it was uh, Big Little Lies that was on TV at one point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I read all of her books. Her books are, she's based, she's an Australian author and she just has these great stories that all I've had these crazy twists at the end and she, I'm reading Apple Never Falls right now which is really good about it's basically like their mom has gone missing and Mm -hmm. they're trying to like figure out it's like they they think it's the dad it's just kind of like um, Turner. it's it it real i literally started this book maybe a week ago and i'm like 80 percent through it like yeah. it's it's a i start her books and i like cannot put them down and so um and then the other one i just started was um the anthony bourdain a cook's tour oh, that was good. Like and that. it is really really good and i i'm literally on page four so it's but so far it's really good <laughs> we both started and then when i was on this trip in arizona i finished the audiobook of it but it was the log of the sea of cortez uh, oh, John yeah. Steinbeck yeah. and it was cool because we were going yes. to all these places through Bob yep. and but the big surprise to me was that I was sitting in camp by myself one night and the book ended and I was like oh that's a pretty good book and then the appendix starts and it's just a whole nother story and that story just had me like glued to the speaker I was just like sitting there listening to the to the appendix of the book and I was like that was incredible I mean I guess that's why Steinbeck Steinbeck but, but it was just uh, it was a good book I gotta recommend that what was, what was the one that we read that was the um, about why it was Hawaii that was John Missionary that was John Missionary okay yeah he really liked that one and I, you know, John Mishner's books are like 800 pages long. Mm-hmm. Like they're super long. And I think that audio, we were listening to the audio book and I think it was like 14 hours or 18 yeah. hours or something. We have, yeah. a fr- we have a friend that's read every Mishner book and he said, I can't remember how you phrase it. He goes, they start, you know, like a thousand years before the book of Genesis and they end yeah. like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning into every episode. And it's been <laughs> such a pleasure having you on your own episode. Thank you. And hopefully awesome. one day John will come on his own episode too. That'd be really fun. He wanted to be on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, did you do the podcast yet? Like, yeah. No, not yet. I can't wait to hear your voice, Mom. Woo! Yeah. No, thanks for inviting us. Yes. This has been Thank awesome. You. Where can the fine folks of the podcast world find you guys online? Probably Instagram is the best. We're not super active, but we have a Instagram. It's Savo Touring with a T, so T-S-A-V-O underscore touring. Well, thank you guys again so thank much. You. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm sure there are lots of families out there that are just very excited and inspired, and thank you yeah, so we'll look to you and be inspired by your trip. So thank you so much again. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Overland Journal podcast and we will see you next time.